Hey, you're listening to Podcast Rewind with Erica Jarvis and Amy Randolph. This is the podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Enjoy. Podcast Rewind. I'm Amy, one of your co-hosts, and sitting right across the table from me is... I. Hey guys, I am Erica Jarvis, one half of your Podcast Rewind host. Like Amy said, welcome to episode 13, lucky number 13. Lucky 13, here we go. So Amy, what do we do here at Podcast Rewind? On Podcast Rewind, we talk about podcasts. Um, we both listen to podcasts all the time. I think you guys know that by yep. now. And then we sit here on Sunday nights and we tell each other about the podcasts, our favorite ones that we heard. Over yeah. The so these are the ones that like stood out to us exactly. that we just knew like, okay, I have to talk to Amy about this. Okay. Be cool. Take some notes. Right? Tell Amy about it on Sunday. And we want to tell you guys about them too. We absolutely do. But before we get into what podcasts we want to talk about this week, Amy, what are you drinking? Cause I... we always have a drink of the week in here. Yes. So my drink of the week is, um... Forefront IPA from Victory Brewing Company. Never had this one before. I saw it on the shelf today and I thought it spoke to you. It spoke to me. It it felt forward and forefront. I love it. And I love an IPA. You're also, uh, my favorite thing ever is you're using a Mumford & Sons koozie that I got at the Hollywood Bowl like in 2012. I don't think I've ever held on to anything longer than this koozie. Certainly not koozies (laughs) because you have a bad habit of throwing koozies away. away. I'm like, Erica, what happened to that really nice koozie? Mm, I when I was throwing out the beer bottle. Erica. Yeah. Well, what I don't throw away is wine until I have drank the entire bottle. And Amy, I am going back to a nice red this week, doing a Chianti, nice dry, Ooh. cheap Italian red to stay warm because once again, Ugh. cold has hit Florida and I am pissed. My hair is great, yes. but I'm pissed. We thought we were over it and we are not, but no. that is an excellent Chianti. I know which one you're having. It's yes, yummy. It is. So, Amy, after we talk about our drinks, we generally tell everybody what we are obsessed with this week. Mm-hmm. Can I go first? Please do, because I'm excited. Okay, so guys, um, hopefully you have noticed there's a new look here at Podcast Rewind. We were fortunate enough to work with the team from Be Amazed Media, and Craig Feldman over there was a great help and just kind of zhuzhed up our logo. Yeah. We're still sparkly. We still got the whole Rewind kind of concept going on, but it's just cleaner fancier, more mature like us. Yes, it's nice and jazzy. So we've debuted it on our social media platforms. Yeah, and we're talking about it here. And you'll see our new episode um, logo when you click on this podcast. So we're really excited and thanks so much to Be Amazed Productions. Yeah, they are awesome. And so if you're looking for them, you can check them out on Instagram as well. Awesome. Amy, what do you got? I'm obsessed. Well, first of all, real quick, I am (laughs) obsessed with my brand new rose gold gold slash millennial pink Starbucks cup that I bought today. It is pretty. Sitting in the Starbucks doing my show notes and it was like over on the shelf and it, Uh it spoke to me like... Amy, you have to have this. So, you know, I'm drinking water to keep the throat clear here during the show. So, hey, yeah, ABH, always be hydrating. Hydrating. But there's another thing that I'm obsessed with that I want to get your take on. Sure. Okay. So, there has been this conversation going on online, on television, on social media this week that's just like turned back and forth quickly (laughs) a few times. So last Sunday night were the Golden Globes. Yes. And Oprah accepted the Cecil B. DeMille Award with a speech. Yes. Girl. I think I cried like 19 times. I was just going to say, we watched it on YouTube after the fact, and we were both like crying and (laughs) screaming like, stop it, Oprah, stop it. We can't handle it. I miss her every day. We miss Oprah, and it's so great when she comes out and gives us like a rally cry like she did. A new day is on the horizon. Like, yes, Oprah, we are with you. And it immediately spun off into a Oprah is running for president conversation. And and here's the thing. When I started seeing the Facebook post like Oprah 2020, you know, I liked them and I was funny. I'm like, yeah, it's funny. And then the next day, all of a sudden, it was like a real conversation. And Gail King was asked to comment it uh, on it. Yeah, and Stedman. 
And then immediately I saw on Facebook, I think by noon on Monday, the backlash of people saying, not that they were against Oprah in any means, but the last thing we need is another television star president. And I'm like, whoa, y'all, she gave a speech last night. This escalated quickly. <laughs> so I don't know. What is your take on that? So I think that, yeah, sure. If Oprah wants to be in you know government and do politics, I love that idea. I love it more than I love watching your cat scratch our walls yes, currently while we're okay. podcasting. Knock it off. But um, I want Oprah to be like the minister of like motivational speeches and hugs. Like I don't <laughs> want her to be the president. And tonight I was watching last night's SNL and Weekend Update with Michael Che was like, listen, no, we're done. And so I, he's like, I just miss the days of like an old white dude that, you know, was president. And people would say things to me like, oh, did you hear what the president said last night? And I would be like, uh, no. <laughs> it was like I miss those days and I kind of agree with him so while I think that it's great that Oprah is motivational and people are looking for positivity like that I don't believe for one second that she actually really wants to run oh, yeah well I don't because know. if she fails and Oprah doesn't fail Oprah doesn't she's not going to do anything that she'll fail at and well I but I'm still intrigued by the idea of Oprah being the president I have to say because I just think that there needs to be you know a healing and if mm-hmm. It does feel like Oprah is America's mom, grandma, greatest aunt, whatever. Yeah. And if we're going to go down this road of celebrities can be presidents, I think that, you know, Oprah is not a terrible choice. No. Um, But, of course, it's not realistic or or feasible. But we never thought that the current president was a realistic option. And now here he is. There's so much that needs to be mended, particularly, you know, with our formulations, you know, Oprah. Oprah can can get people in a room and get them to talk. Sure. So I don't know. There's it'll be interesting to see how the conversation unfolds. I think over the next couple of years, yeah. if this dies away or if it's for real. And I guess what the other thing that made me made me want to make it my obsession today is it's been a pretty crazy week in politics. Yeah, a lot of things have been said. Yes, and um, I was watching my Sunday shows this morning, uh-huh. like I do, and. Not they were talking about all of those things, the shithole things that were said, and yeah. on and on, and what it's caused this week. But every show I watch made a few minutes of actual legitimate airtime to discuss the potential of an Oprah presidency, and I was like, "Is this real?" I, guess, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I hope not, just because I think it's so unfair to people who have made it their life's work to be in politics, and I hate when people say yeah. things like career politicians. What's wrong with that? I want a career doctor. I want a career right. lawyer. So people yeah, who want to be in charge and no government relations, I'd like them to have been doing it for more than two minutes. Yeah. So I'm just obsessed with the conversation itself. I agree. It's a good conversation. the thought of it and the opinions. And yeah. I don't think the conversation's over. No, it is not. No. But like, like Michael Chase, I do miss the days of, did you hear what the president said last night? No. No. <laughs> no, I didn't pay attention. I watched C-SPAN. Right, exactly. <laughs> but now it's everywhere. It's it, on the Twitter. It is on the Twitter. All right. All right, let's move on. Should and we talk about podcasts? I would love to talk about podcasts. That's really our lane. That's our lane. Let's stay in it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start us this week. Great. Uh, this podcast that I'm going to discuss uh, was a recommendation on my favorite murder. <laughs> I had to call my girls out. Um, they do like to do like a recommendations corner sometimes okay. at the top of their episodes. And Karen talked about this podcast and I thought, mm, yeah, I want to give that a listen. It seems yeah. interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's called The Butterfly Effect. Oh, so I'm assuming it's all about the Ashton Kutcher movie? Clearly. <laughs> Clearly not, actually. Okay. But I think we all have a sense of what the butterfly effect is and we've it's been played out in several books and movies. You yeah, know? like if a butterfly flaps its wings. Yeah, the idea of the butterfly effect being um, one action and and it changes the course of history Mm -hmm. uh, or the future and if that particular thing didn't happen or it had a different way you know what would what would have evolved from there um and you know how would the world have been affected by because of this one thing that happened so this podcast is about that but in a very specific way okay it's about a certain industry um so the host and the writer (gasps) Hold on, I'll get there for you. The oh host, my god, <laughs> I think I maybe have glanced over this. Keep going, I'm so excited. The host uh, is an author. His name is John Ronson. Uh-huh. And I should say, this is another podcast that's presented by Audible, the Amazon company. 
Um, so he is uh, the writer, producer, and host, John Ronson. He's written some books, too, that Karen had mentioned on My Favorite Murder that I, I thought maybe I would check out at one point. Okay. But anyway, this is a, a seven-part, it's called season one, so maybe there will be a season two oh, yeah. about another butterfly effect. But this one focuses on the pornography industry. I thought that's what it was. Yeah. So excited. So I guess, um, warning, the rest of this conversation is not for young ears. So oh, Amy, you're you in got, my lane. <laughs> you got the kiddos in the car. You may want to change the channel and listen to this one later. Um, but John Ronson, um, he's got a great voice. He's super Ooh. British and well-spoken. Yes. Yeah, he's a joy to listen to. Um, he got this idea because for a different story he was doing, he interviewed a few um, porn stars uh-huh. or former porn stars. Now, did he go down the street to Tampa? Because Tampa is a huge porn um, not in the, city. Not in a, and I'll be uh, upfront too. I listened to the first three episodes. Oh, I haven't okay. finished listening yeah. to the whole season, but I did kind of look ahead at the descriptions of the episodes. Yeah. So it's really the first episode that really grabbed me and that I want to talk about. Cool. And then I'll kind of give you an idea of what sure. the rest of it is like. Um, but th- all of these, um, porn performers, um, that he's <laughs> talked to, or they are performers. I know, just... Um, they all mention this same name, and, uh, the name is Fabian Thalman. Okay. Um, he is, uh, uh, he's from Brussels. Um, so episode, episode one is titled, A Nondescript Building in Montreal. Okay. So... Fabian, he's probably about our age. So when he was a teenager, it was the 90s, Mm -hmm. maybe a few years older than us then. And um, basically, like young boys did in the (laughs) 90s, getting the internet for the first time, um, figures out you can look at naked ladies on the internet. And um, there's also also the chat rooms were real big back in the 90s. So he's a teenager, doesn't have a credit card, doesn't have a whole lot of access to mm-hmm. pornography because that's not free and widely exchanged yet. Yeah. And um, it's mostly still photos back then. Okay. Not a whole lot of video on the internet because streaming's not a really thing. a thing yet. Right. You're still doing that dial-up. So he um, he's, has, you know, he's a geek and he's in these uh, chat rooms all the time and he starts uh, with these other men straighting passwords so anyone that does have access to a site or whatever that they pay for that they pay for being good buddies in these chat rooms they would share their passwords with one another so that everyone we do with people with our netflix account exactly so that everyone has access to like the variety of the porn they want to see but they don't have to pay individually for each site and like five guys all pay for five separate sites right exchange exchange their passwords and now they can all see the five sites and they, you know, they also said too. Some men were just too embarrassed to sign up for all these sites because back then, you didn't plug your credit card in on the internet. You had to call oh, a company yes. up and read off your credit card numbers to get nice. access to your porn. So to limit people's embarrassment and, um, you know, opportunity for wives to find out uh-huh. on the credit card statements and all of that, they start swapping the passwords. And so then it kind of leads him to the next idea of like, porn should be just more exchangeable. Um, on the internet. So the early aughts come around um, and Fabian's getting into his 20s uh-huh. and he's like, you know, the, the porn industry is behind because by now YouTube is up and running. He's yeah. like, why can I go on YouTube and watch a music video for free by a popular artist Yeah, but I've not seen porn that I can get for free yet? Well, a company does start a website called um, Pornhub and basically what happens when Pornhub gets started is the guys that have bought these subscriptions to the the um, the websites uh-huh. <clears throat> are ripping the content and uploading it to Pornhub for free. Oh, okay. And the the company that owns Pornhub is actually called Mansef, and it's in Montreal. Got it. So they like work out of this building that has like no um, signage description or, or signage or anything like that and turns out the people that own Mansef are like some siblings and their parents don't know what they do Stop. their parents know they run a website but like they even if like the parents come to visit they're like turn off your monitors everybody turn off your monitors Jesus. so but like why do you guys have jillions of dollars I mean, like, well, well they're making good money yeah but here's the thing still and still now it turns out the the people actually making porn, creating the content, are still all out in like the San Fernando Valley or over here in Tampa, uh-huh. and they aren't in charge or running Pornhub and the distribution yeah. of it. 
So they're still just kind of making these movies because this is the kind of business they like to be in. And um, Pornhub basically was ripping it. And so even if like one of the, they call them like basically porn companies are mom and pop shops. Yeah. They actually create it. And they're saying if one of these mom and pop shops, shops hey. calls up, <laughs> you know, Mansep and says, take down this video. They're like, okay, they'll take it down. They won't even get into a legal battle over it because there are thousands more yeah. coming in from their users. And that one will come around again. And- right. So um, Fabian is looking at this and he's like, I, this needs to be looked at as an industry rather than um, like just porn. Like, uh-huh. So he buys, buys Mansef, changes the name of it. And so now he basically owns Pornhub. But what he does is he te- treats it like a technology company. Okay. So he hires in designers to make the website look better. He starts, and this is huge, and this is what really changes the industry, is he starts um, managing it by category. So you can go and you can search keywords. Yeah. And then we talked to, like, one of his data analysis, Brandon, and he's like, you know, we studied this. Mm -hmm. We studied three different pictures, which one is going to get the most clicks. Okay, now that's the face of, like, the Asian section. And so everything's in sections now. You can, and now any, I don't really watch porn. I'll I'll totally be honest. Talk to some people who do. Yeah. So um, it's it's all about now when you get online, you search for specifically what you want. Yeah. Rather than like what's available for a horny that's, guy to, to look at. That's what's surprising because they put out like once a year, a couple times a year, like analysis. Like, hey, here are the most search terms in your state. And exactly. Like, the stuff that they put out and the data that they have isn't surprising that they have serious tech analysts in the background. I always think it's so interesting to see like, by the way, Basically, every state's number one search is lesbians. Well, but let me, let me, yes, that's oh, yeah, true. Sorry. But let me correct you a little bit. It's not they, it's he, it's Fabian. Oh, he's the one he's, running all that? Yeah, he's the only one that's running Pornhub. And what happens is because he's treating it like, I mean, he's not working all by himself. He oh. is hiring people. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Pornhub not, puts out the stats. Right. But yeah. I'm not saying, I'm saying that like there aren't several companies doing this because he starts buying mm-hmm. up the other companies. He gets. Um, red tube and I won't even say some of the other names. <laughs> oh, they're dirty as well. Dirty. Um, and they, you know, he drops in here. Our host John drops in a really interesting tidbit that, like, still in this time period in the early, you know, two um, thousands, a porn star could go to a bank and try to get a checking account and will likely be turned down when she announces what her occupation is. But here comes Fabian, a young male entrepreneur, and he secured himself a $362 million loan to be buying up all of these other companies because he put together a business plan with analytics and a business case. And um, so um, basically, like I said, he's hiring legitimate web design software uh, programmers, and they're studying this so that they can get the most out of the content that they are not making. No. They are just distributing. So by 2012, they estimate that 80% of everyone on the earth watching porn is watching it off of one of Fabian's sites. Amazing. Yeah. So Fabian is rich. Yeah, he is. So, like, that's really the first episode, like, laying it yeah. out like that. Like, you know, one person got this idea that it's... That yeah, porn should be free. Well, porn should be free and to stop thinking about it as, like, just about the sex. Yeah. To think about it as a tech company. Yeah. So, for instance, the, the Brandon, the data analysis that they talked to that works for this company said, you know, I just graduated from grad school with um, my degree, and yeah, I had to ask myself, do I want to work for a porn company? Isn't it kind of sullied? Isn't it kind of gross? And then um, he was like, no. And then he said, by the end of my career there, I was onboarding like 50 people a week because they you had to teach them to stop thinking about, because they're not even making any of it. They're just distributing. He said, you know, if I work at the Mint for two weeks and I'm so obsessed with the fact that I'm making money, or, like, working with money, then I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm not doing my data analysis. Yeah. So, because of his idea, he changes the whole industry. Yeah. So then it was so interesting because leading into episode two, um, you look at the other side. You look at the people creating the content. Yeah. So a lot of people probably don't have a lot of sympathy for the porn directors and the porn producers and the porn performers. And I can understand that. It's not everybody's um, bag. But there are people who have made their lives, yeah. um, their livings doing this for as long as porn's been around. So he goes and visits visits San Fernando um, and 
he's on the set of a porn shoot and like you know it's kind of salacious you hear yeah you hear a shooting happening in the background Amazing. and he's like trying to talk to you like about real stuff but he does say you know back when this started people that were making porn just had the passion for it just really liked filming themselves having sex yeah. with others and he talks to this director mike who is like really proud of his work Aww. he's into his lighting his storylines making it all professional and all oh, the up and, up. and so it, he has been doing this for a long time he's one of the top directors yeah and he's like look and he asks him i mean john asked mike has Pornhub affected you he was like yes my business was selling DVDs of my work. Yeah. Now I don't sell DVDs. And look, here, I can go into Pornhub and search right now. He goes, I just searched for this. Oh, yeah, there it is. I shot that two months ago. And this is not a clip. This is the full movie available on Pornhub for free. Wow. And I can't do anything about it. Um, he's like, what am I going to do? Cease and desist then? Like, somebody, else will just, somebody else will just upload it again. Uh-huh. So how um, that is forcing him to make more and more and more content. Um, and use more and more and more performers because so many more people can um, watch the content, they get tired of the performers faster. Rather than mailing away for a DVD and waiting for it to show up to your house and like, it's just, you can, the consumer Uh has constant access to so much. Yeah. And then they started talking about how the keyword thing has really changed how they can even shoot. Yeah. If they're going to put out one thing, they know it's going to go to Pornhub and they want it to be seen because they do want the people to go back to them and maybe buy a DVD from them oh. if they really like it um, and want to keep it. So he was like, we're doing a shoot today and it's, we're doing sexy cheerleaders who are also stepdaughters who are having an orgy. So that they Amazing. can, so that by three different keyword searches, they have a better shot of being seen. Yes, get those meta tags. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so how then the, this episode two is actually called The Follow Years Between Teen and MILF and mm. how like girls between 23 and 29 are pretty unusable no matter how gorgeous they are yeah. because of the popularity of teens. And teen lookalikes because you're not, they're actually yeah, not, they're they, over 18. They were very careful to say like, yeah. she looks 19, you uh-huh. know, and MILFs. And, like, the in-between, just, like, random hot chicks don't do it wow. anymore. And they don't work much in those middle That's years. Insane. And they're, like, they have to have something amazing, like a big ass, and they can do booty videos <laughs> for them to work in those years because the consumers now are only going in looking for exactly what they want to see. Yeah. Which, in episode three, leads into a conversation about how so many people, because they can't get work in the regular industry anymore... Yeah have left and there's popped up this whole underground of custom fetish videos and companies that create them. So if you're really like this one guy kept hiring this company to make condiment videos, girls being covered in condiments. <laughs> and so the the clients will come to them. Dan and Rhiannon are the, are the, <laughs> are the owners of this company and they used to be in regular porn, if you uh-huh. will. And we're in those weird years and they're just regular work wasn't being consumed. So they left Mm -hmm. and they started their company. And so like their clients will come to them and say, this is what I want. And then very business-like, very (laughs) business-like they go back and they make a, um, you know, a budget and a schedule Uh and they go back and do some casting. Yeah. They had to cast it and they produce these videos and how it's become so niche. And Uh I can literally as a consumer have a video made for me, only for me. It's insane. Yeah, and so how it's really just changed so much. So I, um, like I said, I only listened to these first three episodes. Um, <laughs> the content's really raw. If you yeah, I can your imagine. Own, be warned. But moving ahead, you know, I kind of looked at the descriptions, like I said, and they're going to talk about access to children. Um, you know, now that it's just free and out there, and yeah. so many more children can get access. It's not like you find a Playboy under your dad's bed anymore, yeah. and that's how you discover porn on the internet. Um, it was mentioned that there's a, um, link to that Ashley Madison hack back in 2015 where all of the usernames uh-huh. and emails of men on Ashley Madison, uh, were released and like how that impacted, yeah. you know, a lot of the industry and, and some other things. So I'm going to keep listening and finish it yes. up, but I wanted to get it out there now because I was so intrigued by it. Yeah, that's crazy mm-hmm. what a butterfly effect. What a butterfly and effect. the butterfly effect does not have to be a butterfly flap its wings in Germany and a Typhoon happens. <laughs> I bet there's some butterfly tramp stamps. <laughs> I bet that that is a search function on Pornhub. <laughs> something you can search, I'm sure. 
Or have a custom bid made for you. Milf sluts with <laughs> butterfly timestamps. Exactly. Covered in ketchup. Who are also stepdaughters covered in ketchup. ketchup. Maybe there's an orgy. Also, the stepdaughter thing weirded me the fuck, fuck out. That is but, creepy. Um, That's but, so right. like somebody took like a Lifetime movie and pornoed it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cheerleaders who are stepdaughters having an orgy. Seriously, like this is what we're doing today. <laughs> and, and I will go back and just say quickly too, like the directors are pissed as hell that they're they're yeah. forced into this. The one guy, that Mike guy I was talking about said, everything that's wrong with the porn industry now is Pornhub's fault. Oh. Like, they've taken our beautiful, basically, they think of it as their art, really. Yeah. Like, they've taken our art and they've forced us into these boxes of content and we're mad as hell about it. But there's nothing we can do. But you have to almost go where the consumer wants you to go. Right. So should and they be streaming their own stuff for a dollar a month or yeah, something? Like a Spotify for porn. And Fabian's point, which you can't argue with, is... Well, you're bad. You didn't get on top of the technology to yeah. be able to control your own content quick enough. Mm-hmm. And I got there first. So uh, it's interesting. I mean, if you look at it really like as an industry yeah. crumbling, yeah, uh, it gives you a little maybe more sympathy for, for the folks involved. Yeah. So, anyway, so butterfly effect. <laughs> I love it. I listen to it on Stitcher. Um, I'm sure you can find it on all your favorite podcast apps. I think you can. Well, Amy, um, I have one this week that I actually found – on BuzzFeed under the 27 podcasts that you should listen to in 2017. Is that that list that we posted? So we posted one. What are the underrated podcasts that you should be listening to in 2018? Right. But we um, posted that like in the end of December, right? That 2017 one? Um, I'm not, I cannot remember. We posted a couple different lists. Uh-huh. Um, but no, that was like the ones to be looking forward to from oh, the okay. time or something like that. Had a lot of murder. This was, um, this podcast list, like I said, we did put it up on our Facebook page. So if you think we're underrated and you think we should make the list, by all means, check it out. But it is, you know, people who have a podcast who aren't, quote unquote, crushing it for years. So My Favorite Murder is not on that list. We're talking people who have a really small um, following. So I was just scrolling through and I was like, well, what can I find from last year's list? And I found beautiful stories from anonymous people. Okay. And so you know I love storytelling. You podcasts. So this is by host Chris Gathard, and um, he's kind of nerdy looking, he's like, you know, blonde hair, glasses, and he's been on a bunch of different, like, Comedy Central shows, such as Broad City, he needs a comedian on his own, so if you saw a photo of him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I've seen him in, like, the background of a show, but what this whole podcast is about is one phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred. So okay. his fans and listeners can kind of like email and or leave a voicemail and be like, I'd like to talk to you. And so there's a variety of different conversations. I had a conversation, you know, a couple, a few months ago about like, you know, um, Charleston and um, mm-hmm. Charlottesville and, you know, all of these different, you know, cities, people who kind of want to talk about all of these different situations in the world or just have a fun conversation. But the person that calls in has to stay anonymous. anonymous. And so he's not the host. No, no, no. The host is not. So the caller not. is anonymous. They only talk for about an hour. Okay. And then it's, we're done. Okay. So this one um, was from December 12th of 2017, and it's called Picture a Sunset. So I don't know who the caller is. I'll say it's a female. I would say she's probably in her early 30s. Is there like a voice changer in No. So you can hear her natural You can hear voice. her natural voice. She, you know, talks about people in her life. Um, throughout this hour-long conversation, but you don't get names. Sure. You get details. So if you know this girl, you know who it mm-hmm. is. So um, she's such a fan of his. In the first couple of minutes, she is working through butterflies. And he's like, after all, like, all right, we've been talking for 15 minutes. Those butterflies gone yet? Like, we got to wrap it up. Let's keep on going. So, you know, they're talking about Thanksgiving and, you know, their holidays. And finally, he was like, are you going to drop a bomb or what? <laughs> and I'm like, what chat? are we doing here? So she starts off. The conversation with him, and I'm going to ask you to do the exact same thing. Okay. She says, close your eyes. So everyone who's listening, and if you are not driving, do the same thing. Close your eyes. Picture a sunset. Okay. Now picture that sunset on a beach. Mm-hmm. Put birds in the shot. Mm-hmm. Now are they flying? Are they sitting on the water? They're flying. They're flying. Now put a loved one in that shot with you. Okay. Do they have their back turned to you? Are they standing with you? You've got water coming up on your feet. Like, what's happening? We're sitting on a dune together, side by side. Awesome. All right, open your eyes. The girl calling in can't do that. What? She has something called aphantasia. She is unable to conjure up images in her head. So she... What? That's a thing? It's a thing. It's a new thing. It kind of got... The um, term was coined in 2015. You have the inability to create a mental image in your head. 
So when she closes her eyes, she cannot do anything. And so he's like, bomb dropped. The hell are you? He's like, I have so many fucking questions for you. Yes, so do I. So you tell me and I'll see if I have any questions left. Yeah. So um, he just like dives in. Do you have memories of your childhood? She's like, "Ah, not really. Like, so I, she can't even remember things that have actually happened to her. Correct. Because you have such that sense memory and you can go back to like yeah. rolling down the hill in the park with your friends and scraping your knee and what it smelled like and all that stuff. And she'll be like, I know I went to a park as a kid with friends, but that's kind of where it stops. And so she just talks about like, you know, she has no sense memory, but she can do like an audio memory. So she can hear a song in her head, exactly how that singer would sing it. Okay. So she can have audio memory. It's almost like one or the other for her and the audio one's really strong. But Can she recognize scents? Like if she closed her eyes and smelled, you know, roses, would she know it's a rose? Yes. Okay. So she can recognize scents, but like if they were to say to her, like, what did the flowers look like, you know, okay. outside of your house, she'd be like, I know for a fact that they were pink, but I couldn't describe it to you. So she knows Whoa. facts in her head. Yeah. And so she says, you know, has had a huge impact on her life. She's got a bad memory. She can't conjure photos of her past. So she said, imagine that you are a Windows and I'm DOS. She's like, you are Windows 95. Whoa. You're Windows Vista. She's like, I'm DOS. I am just words. Like, a file of facts in my head. Like, I know I have a memory of Christmas Day and I got presents, but I can't tell you what the tree looked like with presents underneath it when I came running down the stairs. Holy and so sh- it's insane. And so she talks about how, um, and this is where I thought, like, Amy's going to lose her shit. She can't read books. Because what are you supposed to do when you read a book? If I'm telling you the woman walked down the beach and there's a beautiful sense of she can't, she visualize can't even that. visualize it. So she gets overbooked. She's like, she'll try. She's like, why are there so many descriptors? It's just let's get to the park. <laughs> like, he said this, she said this. She can't do any of it. And how it's like affected her life. And how old was she? Did she say? She didn't, but I'm gonna say she was probably early thirties. Okay. Because she went on to say that, um, there is one good side to this, is that she lost her brother, who was an older brother, so he uh-huh. was 38, when he passed, you know, earlier this year, and she can't remember, like, his oh. dad. Do you know oh, what I mean? She knows yeah. he's gone. She can't picture but She can't picture, or... she can't do any of that stuff. She's like, so how great that I don't have to worry about, like, she's like, I hear all the time people saying, but tragedies, that, you know, images will just kind of come flooding back to them and bring them back to that place. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can't. But the host wow. is like, but then you also don't get the good ones. She's like, I don't get any good memories come, like, rushing back at me when I think about my brother or have a scent, you know, memory situation. Uh-huh. And so she's like, so that's, like, the one upside that I have in my life. And so there's just, like, a lot of conversation that they go into. Is like, she assumes she was born with this. Because mm-hmm. from, like, a memory perspective, she can't remember if she can remember the memories or not. <laughs> um, and she said people always ask her, like, do you dream? And she was like, yeah, but, like, I can't in my dream go back to old memories. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes we'll have dreams of, like, things that happened during the day or in the past. She's like, I think I'm dreaming. She's like, but I know for a fact, like, I'm not dreaming about other dreams or other situations in my life. And um, so then, like, the whole conversation is just so interesting because the host is, you know, Chris is just, okay, so you think you were born with this, but is there any way something tragic happened to you and your brain right. tucked it away? Right. She goes, yeah, how would I remember? Oh. Like, I don't really have memories. So, I mean, she, she's had a really interesting life, and I highly recommend anyone go back and check it out. I found it on CastBox, so iTunes, podcast, you can find it on Stitcher. But, you know, she definitely talks about how her childhood was rough. You know, until she was 25, she thought her father was her father. And it wasn't, it wasn't her biological father raising her. Oh. You know, her mom and dad, like, had a break. Uh-huh. Her mom slept with, like, one of their best friends. Oh, boy. And then when they got back together, she's like, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, shit, it's not yours. And so it was just, like, she's had some tough stuff. She ran away when she was 13, kind of got caught up in a weird situation. So she doesn't really know if anything really tragic did happen to her. But she said that, you know, um... All of her memories and things that she knows. It's like a filing cabinet. You just go and you just like pull out like, I know in Christmas I did this. So the host just keeps digging at her like, do you know your address? She's like, well, I do know certain things. Uh-huh. And he's like, but if something would happen and they say, would well, describe your house. She's like, well, I knew my house was brown growing up, so I know facts. But if you really ask me to dive deeper, you know, I'm not going to tell you like what the outline of you right. know, the windows like, were. She's not going to give you a landmark. Exactly. Like the, you know, the, okay, wow. Yeah. Um. 
Did she say anything about like photographs? Like if you show her a photograph of her childhood, would she know which one is her and which one are the other like family members? Yeah, or? so she knows her. Right. But like so she can remember that kind of stuff, but there's no like, oh, and then I remembered after this photo was taken, we did this as a uh, uh-huh. Like that's where it kind of breaks down. So it is a really interesting Wow. scenario and that's what she called in she's like I wanted people to know about this situation because like I said the first 15 minutes was this chit chat and they talked a lot about mental health mm-hmm. and because the host um suffers from depression and is a, a huge advocate for you know taking care of yourself therapy drugs whatever you got to do to be in your right frame of mind and so she said you know she's the same way and just loves to hear that about him but this was another kind of mental health disorder that but maybe not even mental health like they're still trying to yeah. figure out what this is and so he just kept saying a bunch of really funny things like, man, but you're the only person that thinks the book is better, or the movie is better than the book. <laughs> yeah. She was like, people say all the time, like, oh, the book was better than the movie. I'm like, the hell are you talking books about? Books are the worst. Books are the worst. And I do, that, that is not the feeling of this podcast, by the way. <laughs> no, books are amazing. Um, and so like, he just kept saying like really poignant things to her. Like, wow, you must really choose to live in the moment so wholeheartedly because you know you're probably not going to get the memory back again. Yeah. So he Is that true? Did she agree? Yeah. So he was like, I remember, you know, with an ex-girlfriend, he's married now. He's like, but I remember with an ex-girlfriend, we were driving through Connecticut and we're trying to get back to New York City. We were like on a deadline and she was like, you know, I know around the corner is this beautiful lake. I'm just, let me just, you know, dip a toe in the water. He's like, fine, you're going to make me late. They go to the lake and he's like, I remember being next to my car just stewing with anger while she like jumped and splashed in the water and had the greatest time and it was beautiful. And he was like, man, I almost kind of wish that I could go back and redo some of those things and like truly live in the moment. And she was like, yeah, I'm not going to have those moments back again. And like they'll fade. So like continue to work to make myself happy and do all of that stuff. So it was just such a fascinating fascinating. And they talked for a solid hour Uh and he was just like, he was so kind to her. He's like, tell me if I'm being condescending. I just don't know what I don't know. I, but, like, could you imagine if somebody... No. We talk all the time about our memories of youth or, like, funny stories from childhood. Mm-hmm. But imagine just being like, so I know somebody told me that in middle school I did this. As opposed to, I totally remember the feeling, what I was wearing. Yeah. Yeah. I I have never heard of that before. I have heard of people who can't recognize people's faces, who uh-huh. can't, like, register that. Yeah. And so you know, good friends and things will come up to them in public. If they didn't expect to see them, yeah. they'll, who are you, you know, legitimately. I've heard of that before. Same. Um, but I've, I've never, ever heard of this one. Right. And that's, I just don't think I would want that. No. I mean, just imagine like being an avid reader mm-hmm. and being bored with books. Uh, yeah. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I was telling you about something the other day. Yeah. Maybe this woman is a super genius because... I read an article the other day, and I know we talked about it, that said that forgetful people actually may be more intelligent. Oh, that's than right. Others. Just dump stuff. Yeah, to keep because on going. their brains functioning at a higher level dump out information that doesn't matter and holds on to um, the most important pieces of information. So if I don't remember the the end of that book or whatever, it must not have been a very good book. Right. Or if I don't remember that time we went to the park and went on swings, I guess I just wasn't having that much fun. It didn't affect my life. I threw it out and remembered something important. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. I know. It does really, yeah, it does really <laughs> sound like it's um, a serious situation because she said as a kid, she would remember being at sleepovers and parents would be like, oh, if you can't fall, uh, fall asleep, close your eyes and count sheep. And she'd be like, the fuck? What's a sheep? She was just like, I just sat there counting like one sheep. Two sheep. <laughs> like, not actually picturing it, like, jump. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she just didn't and can't do that. But, I mean, when she had the host close his eyes and, like, really try to figure out a sunset, I was just, I was hooked. She yeah. did such, like, she got through her little butterflies and her nerves and then really just blew his mind. It was so fascinating. So, like I said, beautiful stories from anonymous people. And I have to imagine there are so many other great ones in the archives. Wow. That's, that's cool. Yeah. You want to uh, talk about some pop-ups? I have two for you. How I've many do you two. have? I've got two as well. So awesome. I'll go, you go. I go, you go. Perfect. All right. Um, okay, so that list that you were talking about, what are the um, podcasts in 2018, we posted on our social media. Go check out what we're Yay. talking about there. Um, I was looking at the comments, and I did see a new podcast that caught my attention. I gave it a listen today. Okay. And I want to talk about it. Um, I think you'll find this one funny. Um, the podcast is called Potterless. 
Potterless. Potterless. Okay. Mm-hmm. As in? As in a grown man is reading Harry Potter for the first time <laughs> yes. and has thoughts. Yes. <laughs> See, the girl from the last podcast would not be able to read Harry Potter. No. They're, how would you conjure up a muggle? The fuck? Well, <laughs> okay, so, I mean... Let me see. I read the Harry Potter books when I was an, actually an adult. Yeah. I didn't I didn't start reading them till college. When I was younger, I kind of had this thing where anything that was like really popular and trendy that everybody was doing, I would have an adverse reaction. <laughs> the older I get, the more I'm like, "Oh, what is that thing? Let me try it out." Um and uh but you yeah, know, no, when and yeah, gosh, Harry Potter started coming out like in the late 90s. I think we were late middle school, early high school I was, when it was coming out. Or was that earlier? Because the first movies came out, I know, when we were still in high school. Yeah. And, like, so... It probably came out when we were in late middle school. Because I know my brother was that yes. perfect generation so for it. my sister, too. My yeah. sister's four years younger than me, and she read them. And my dad has always liked reading the stuff that my sister and I uh-huh. read. So he read them with her, and they were really into it. Another reason that I just, like, bucked it. Like, screw <laughs> you guys. I'm reading my own stuff. Um... But, yeah, I, I read the first books as an adult as well, but uh, in my 20s. And I did really like them. In full confession, I've read them all more than once. Yeah. But it's been probably a decade since I've read one. Uh-huh. Probably since that last one came out. I don't think I went back and reread them after yeah. that. But anyhow, our host is Mike Schubert. He's <laughs> See, he says he's a grown man, but then he goes, okay, so I'm 24. I'm like, oh, sweetie. Oh. Can you even rent a car without your parents' signature? Exactly. Like, okay, honey, you can vote. You can vote. <laughs> I was Under an idiot. It. I was still an idiot when I was 24. But all right, you're you're a grown man. You probably have your own apartment. Um, and he is reading the books for the first time. So um, I went back and listened to the very first episode. Awesome. So he has only ever read the first half of the first book. And then he stops and he records the podcast. And then... Yeah. This man has questions, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got questions. <laughs> And um, he said he's also seen, like, four and a half the movies. He fell asleep at movie five. What? So he has kind of, like, a base of what this is. Okay. But he never read, read, the books. read the book. And every week, I think he's going to have a new guest on who's a Harry Potter fanatic. Okay. So this first guest on the first episode is Alex Moothart, which Moothart made me laugh because it sounds like a name that would be in yeah, Harry Potter. I totally agree. <laughs> but Professor Moothart. Right. So he's, like, the fanatic, like, resident Harry Potter um, expert Amazing. talking to the novice, Mike the host. And it was it was just really funny to hear someone's reactions to somebody reading Harry Potter for the first time and as an adult. <laughs> so, like, his first observation, um, I know you have started to read the books, but you've not finished. No. Um, but, like, the very first chapter of the very first book is when uh, Dumbledore is dropping Harry off as an yes. infant to his aunt and uncle. And... I had forgotten this, and so had the fanatic, but he, he uh, Dumbledore, like, turns all the lights out on the street. Yes. With a magical thing. And J.K. Rowling called it a putter-outer. <laughs> a putter-outer. It was like, okay, J.K., I know we're going to get real creative here, but could you have come off the bat a little stronger? Like, it was pretty Put funny. Her. And even the fanatic was like, oh my god, is it called that? And uh, uh, the host, Mike, was like, you are the third Harry Potter fanatic. I had to convince it's called a putter-outer. Yes, go look it up. She called it a putter-outer. Amazing. And then he moved on and he was like, okay, so the scene where Harry goes to the wand store for the first time. JK, were you drunk or horny? Because we're talking about how many inches things are, how thick oh, yes. they are, what comes out the center of uh-huh. them. They were like, JK. So I had, She was a single mama. She was. I had a ball listening to that first episode, and I'm going to probably make it like a casual one that yes. I go back to when I'm just listening. Looking that sounds like, really funny. Like, it's really funny. Um, I, I would say when I was thinking about it, or when I was listening to it, I was thinking, like, a die-hard Harry Potter fan uh-huh. might get pissed. Because oh, yeah. they're, you know, they're they're not seriously ragging on, on J.K. Rowling, no. the author. But he's just got he, questions. He's making jokes and, you know, making yes. references and stuff. So if you're, like, kind of a casual Harry Potter fan uh-huh. like me, I think that you'd super dig it. So it's called Potterless. Awesome. Well, I did the same thing as you. Yeah. In that BuzzFeed comments, mm-hmm. I found one that everyone was freaking out about called Ologies with Allie Ward. Yes, and I saw a lot of comments on that. It's like, does she have an army out yeah. there? What's going on? Theologists. We need an army. We need an army. Maybe something in it for you guys. Yeah, just more content. Yep, basically. Or a you know coupon code to MeUndies or Casper <laughs> mattress. Um, so Allie has about 13 episodes so far, and every single episode is about an ology. So yep. episode one is like volcano, volcanoology. So, and then it's very scientific, and then she just um, 
deep dives on all the information. Maybe she's interviewing somebody, but you know, she even does like cosmo cosmetology, cosmology, just all of this stuff. And I found one. It was a mini sode called Fallology, and I thought. Oh, all right. What do you got for me? So they're not real true ologies. Like, there's not a fallologist PhD, right? This one is not. Okay. No. But some of them are. Some of them 100% okay. are real ologies. And so in this, you know, Minnesota fallology, um, she does dive deep into real ologies. So, like, okay, bear with me. Sure. Cucurbitologist. Cucurbitologist. This is the study of pumpkins and gourds. Man, who <laughs> likes pumpkins enough to get a fucking PhD in the orange stuff? No. Cucurbitologist. <laughs> and right. so she talks you. about that you a little you. bit and says that, um, fun fact which she found when she was researching this, that in Ireland, instead of carving pumpkins, they carve turnips. And, For Halloween. Uh-huh. And she okay. said it is so fucking creepy. If you Google the photo. <laughs> I was going to say it's stinky, but pumpkins are actually stinky, stinky too when you carve yeah, them. Yeah, and she was like also like... The muscle on your arm to like, oh, yeah. carve out a turtle. Those are dense. Yeah. yeah so, potato. Dense. Yeah. So she shares facts like, you know, if you want to keep your pumpkin longer, I think you spray it with like water and bleach or something. Mm-hmm. So then she goes on to say that there's um, another ology that kind of deals with fall called tomopathology. Oof. This is when insects become zombies. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell me more, please. So there is a type of ant that... Um, can go, like, turn into a zombie. And yeah. it is, like, you know, a carpenter ant or something will, you know, be out in the field doing its thing. Um, and a, like, a fungus spore will get into his body and, like, yeah. take over his body. And, like, the ant will go zombie style. Will go find, like, a tree or a leaf over its home with all the other ants. It, I don't okay. understand this, but, like, like, chomps down on the leaf. Uh-huh. And that uh-huh. leaf, and it kills himself. And then the leaf feeds the fungus spore and out of the ant's head will grow a mushroom <gasps> that will get bigger and then like shake in the wind and those spores will fall down to the other ants and kill them and turn them into zombies. Uh, are you kidding? <laughs> How do I not know this? How am I 33 and I've never heard of the ant zombie before? Right. What the fuck? God, podcast. Well, because you're not a tomopathologist. <laughs> I am not. So like I said, that's where these shows go uh-huh. like what don't you you don't know what you don't know sure don't. and I saw people in the comments saying we're like you know I love this show I'm so addicted man my google search history is getting fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah there's so many other things there's phenology is changing of the seasons so a fall phenologist is somebody who studies the changing of the fall um demonology is a real thing sure obviously. I can believe that um chiropterology Study of bats. Like, who cares? Ugh, you said Cairo was going to be like, oh, Egyptology. <laughs> no. Pharaohtology. Pharaohtology. No, yeah. So I see why people are interested in it. She's kind of funny and dry. Yeah. But just like diving deep into like weird sciences that nobody knows about. So you said that host was Allie Ward. Do I know that name? Is she somebody that um, I, I read know? that I think she's like an Emmy Award winning like producer or, okay. you know, somebody who's it's probably somebody else. True job of. is research. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we haven't talked about any reality television yet no. on this uh, episode 13. Oh, we were doing so good, too. Well, I'm going to end that streak <laughs> for you. So another podcast that I, I gave a listen to a couple weeks ago, and I listened to another episode today that I think I dig. It's a, con- or a, a podcast called Coffee Convos with Kale Lowry and Lindsay Chrisley. So both of them are reality television stars. Kale Lowry is from a show that I watch religiously, Teen Mom 2. And is the other one a Chrisley kid? She is a, a Lindsay Chrisley, as in Chrisley Knows Best, uh-huh. daughter of Todd Chrisley. Is he so, still Is he still telling people he's straight? I don't know. I don't even know <laughs> if that show's on the air anymore. In fact, I had to look her up. Oh, okay. Um, but they, like I said, the title is Coffee Convos. Uh-huh. And it is, they're both young moms. They're okay. both divorced from their baby's dads. Oh. And um, they're both out there uh, having been on reality television. Like, their lives are just very similar. Yeah. Um, and their conversations range from, like, the cease and desist letter that Janelle served, Kale. Oh, um, yeah. You know, so, like, stuff that's going on on their television lives and in their real lives to today they were talking about uh, the con- the. The one I listened to today that was just released on Thursday was talking about freezing eggs and their thoughts on um, uh, people's spirits 
mediums. Oh. Mediums. Sorry, <laughs> lost my word for a spirits? second. Oh, ghost spirits. So yeah, it's like I want to go to a medium so bad. Yeah, like, I really dig this one because it's it's two moms just uh-huh. kind of talking the shit, and there's not all mom stuff. Yeah, it's some mom stuff, but they're both really young. They're both still in their twenties. Yeah, um, and have lived a lot of life. I was going to say they've lived a life for two. Yeah. Uh, so I recommend it for anyone that's a fan of either of those two shows, uh-huh. and that's how I found it because um, I follow Kale on social media because oh, I watch her yeah, show, of course. And she started plugging that she had a podcast, so I was like, I have a podcast. Let oh, me go goodness. about podcasts. So <laughs> let me go check it out, and I did. And for nice again, an easy combo to yeah. listen to in the background, totally recommend. That's great. I have one that it's a recommendation for you. Okay. Um, it's called Four Finger Discount. Have you heard of this podcast? I have not. So we've got hosts Dando and Mitch. And Hell yeah, Dando and Mitch. I'm already in. <laughs> and they're Australian. Oh, yes. <laughs> so um, I didn't take a listen to it yet, but their goal in life is to do one show at a time and recap it uh-huh. of The Simpsons. Oh. They are currently on season six, episode 26, and the show's been on for a while. Yeah. Their podcast. So they have a oh, long way up. to go. So they will break down every single episode. Cool. So yeah. I a, already, no, I haven't watched in a long time because I don't know what they're referencing with the four finger discount. I mean, obviously it's stealing like in the, you know, pop yeah. culture ether, but that's got to be a reference to The Simpsons, and I, I don't, don't know. know what it is. Well, maybe somebody listening will be able to shout us out, because yeah. last week when I was talking about the 3026, and yes. I didn't understand what it meant, Sarah Showers, one of our listeners, tweeted that it is Walt Disney's address when he lived in Kansas City, 3026, blah, 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 street, Kansas City, Missouri. 3028. 3028. Yeah, so reach out, you guys. You yeah. can find us. On our social media, we love to hear from you guys yes. on Facebook, especially. So go to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You'll find us there with our new logo. Yeah, you will. Um, you can also find us on Instagram or Twitter with the handle at PodcastRWD. Yeah, and so also if you are looking to see what Amy and I are up to throughout the week, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram stories, podcasting, cooking. I've been in a huge meal planning mode in the past 24 hours and I'm Instagramming everything so if you want to check that out guys I am at Erica Jarvis I'm at I'm Amy Randolph Amy spelled A-M-I-E and Erica's with a K all right, so episode 13 seemed pretty lucky. Nothing catastrophic. No. Unlucky happened. Well, the only thing unlucky is I'm out of wine. Oh, boy. Well, we got to wrap this up then and fix that situation. <laughs> Get our face mask Sunday night routine going. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, to everybody. We cannot wait to talk to you next week. So in the meantime, do not forget to be kind and, and rewind. Bye. Bye. Bye.